Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary for your wife, for that is what which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So all of this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God is with us. And Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded, and took him to be his wife. And he did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called him Jesus. There have been millions of Christmas messages given. And there's no way you can come up with the Christmas message. But what I really think God has for us this, this morning is something so that we can understand a little more of what God is like and then what He wants us to be in being like Him. We've been studying on Sunday mornings lately His second coming. And we've seen that when He comes back, He's coming back in glory and majesty and power with nothing held back. And the world is going to, every, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, is going to bow their knee to Him. We saw in, John, in, in Revelation chapter 1, we've seen Jesus uh, uh, come in a vision to John on the Isle of Patmos. And the Apostle John couldn't stand in, in, his, in his presence because of, of the glory of God that was emanating from Him. And that, but, but I want to go back this morning and look at His beginnings as God sent him here to the earth. The scriptures tell us that when he was born, he was born in a stable. And his mother wrapped him in swaddling clothes, which is basically strips of, of cloth, and laid him in a manger, which is a feeding trough for animals. Why? because there was no room at the inn. But the vision that the angel had given to Mary is that the one who would come, the one who was being conceived in her womb by the Holy Spirit, was the Son of the Most High God. He was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that He would rule over His people forever and ever. That's the vision that was given to her. And yet when he came, he didn't come like a king. He didn't come with royal robes and he didn't come with with, uh, an entourage and trumpets playing. They did that to alert the angels to come. But he came in the simplest of all forms. And if you think about it, he came the way you and I came. Here he is, the Son of God with all power and majesty and glory at His disposal. And God's plan was that He come as a little baby. Not a little baby to a king in a palace. Not a little baby to an intellectual home where they were raised in, 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 in finery, but to 
a young teenage girl she was and a teenage boy who never had a child, didn't know how to raise a child. And God came into the earth in the most humblest and simplest of forms. And that tells us something about God. We're all here this morning because we want to know God. We want to know more about Him. We want to understand Him more. We want a closer relationship with Him more. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in church on Christmas morning. Sometimes that becomes challenging and difficult because we see God as someone somewhere up there that's all powerful and we don't know exactly what He might do and we don't know exactly when He might do it and and we're just hoping that God's going to let us into heaven. We hope, you know, so much of the time that's the inner image we have. We might not say that, but that so often is the inner image that we have. And as I've taught you over and over again, the only way you can truly know what God is like is from the Word that He's given to us because one of the purposes of that Bible is to reveal to us who He is and what He's like, what He has done and what He will do and what He wants to do for you and who He's made us. That's why He's given us His Word. That's why He's given us the Bible. And so as we look into this this morning and we've heard scriptures this morning and I have some I could have, was going to read to you, but I'll just, they're, they're basically that, that, that this Son of the Most High, the Son of God, entered into earth as a little baby to the poorest of families and he wasn't even born in a house he wasn't even born in a bed he was born in a stable with the animals and laid in a feeding trough in rags of course he didn't stay there it tells us that God really is simple God cares about the simple things. What happens is our lives become complicated. Our walk with God gets complicated. Our study and our theology and all these things get so complicated. I have a a Bible software program that has hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books in there, some of which I don't even understand. And all kinds of study aids so deep and so complicated. And we have institutions, and there's nothing wrong with them, that that get into the deep nuances and the deep studies of the theology and Christology and hermeneutics and all these things that are hard for us even to pronounce. And yet the gospel is really simple. God's really simple. There's a theologian a number of years ago that near the end of his life in ministry, was asked, if you had one message, one message, just one message you could preach, what would it be? He kind of sat back and his eyes, back in his head, and he looked at the reporter, asked him the question, he says, his face lit up. He said, this is it. And they were waiting to write down the profound understanding that this learned man had. He said, this is the message I would preach. Jesus loves me, This I know, for the Bible tells me so. In this Christmas season and every Christmas season, there's so much pressure on us to get things done, get the right presents, get the meal ready, whatever it is, whatever plans we're going to make. It can be such a time of great pressure. 
It's such a time of performance. It's such a time of, do I have the right clothes? Do I have the right hair? Do I have the right this? Do I have the right this? Did I get the right present? Da, 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 da. All this, this pressure. And yet the one we worship is so simple. It also tells me that because he is simple, he wants to be involved in the simple areas of your life. There's nothing too simple, there's nothing too menial, there's nothing too small that God in your life that God does not want to be involved in. We often think of him, well, because he's God, he, 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 I won't go to him except with the big problems, with the small things. I'll handle those myself. And yet God came to earth to handle our problems in a very small thing. A little baby. A little child. So it tells us that God is, is very sim- simple, not, not smart. He's very obviously, he knows everything. But when you know everything, you can be very simple in your approach to things. Sometimes I think in our prayer life, we get too complicated. We're worried about, am I saying it the right way? Am I doing the right thing? Am I approaching? Should I kneel? Should I stand? Should I, what can I do? Am I doing the right things? And forget that what he wants is just the simplicity of your heart open to him talking to him just out of the simplicity of your heart. He knows everything anyway. He just wants you. He just wants your heart. Another thing about seeing God in all his glory and majesty, choosing to come to earth and be among us and starting as a little baby. Think about this. God took the only plan he had for the salvation of mankind and entrusted that plan in the life of a little baby to this teenage girl and boy. He entrusted the only plan he had. There's no plan B that we have in the Bible. There's only one, Jesus. And he came not as a man, not as a full-grown man, Not just not in all the regalia and glory and majesty that he could have come in, but he could have come, just appeared, and walked out of the mountains or the desert and just appeared. But God chose to enter the human race the same way that you and I entered the human race. He didn't take any shortcuts. He chose to take the same risks that are taken with us. If they didn't feed him, he would have starved. And God's plan of salvation would have died. He entrusted to that young girl and that young boy his plan for salvation. Wow, what a God. Why would he take those risks with us? And yet isn't that what he's done with you and me? Mary and Joseph are long gone. And Jesus, the human walking on the earth, has been raised, of course, from the dead, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. But God's plan for salvation of mankind is still here. And it's been entrusted, as it was in the beginning, to frail human beings like you and me, who don't always know what we're doing, as I'm sure they didn't. They'd never raised a son of God before. There was no manual that they had 
for how do you do it? What do you teach them? How do you not teach them? And so what they did, as I share with the children, is they simply taught him scriptures. It dawned on me one day, Jesus, the Bible says, grew in wisdom and in stature. To grow in something means you go from less of it to more of it. Which means there was a point. He didn't, you know, forget the pictures you see of the little baby in the manger with the halo around his head. You know, if that's true, then everybody in his hometown would have known that he was the Son of God. So that when he came back in his public ministry, they wouldn't have said such things as, isn't this Joseph's and Mary's son? They would have realized he was the Son of God because he would have walked around with that little around his head. But growing up, he looked and acted just like every other child, except that he didn't sin. But he had to grow in the knowledge of who he is. And he learned that from the Scriptures. So as he read the Scriptures and he memorized the Scriptures, and he went through the prophecies in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, it would begin to go off in him, that's talking about me. That's talking about me. There would be a witness inside of him that that's who he is. And that's why it's so important that you read your Bible. Because it's only in your Bible you're going to discover who God's made you to be also. It says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And those new things are of God. But you'll only discover that by reading your Bible. And realizing the Bible says that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus if you've come to Christ. That literally you are God's child, just as much as Jesus was God's child as that baby. And so as though we celebrate this wonderful day, this day when God has given to us this ultimate act of love by giving to us His Son, it's so amazing. We can learn so much about God when we realize how God brought this Son into this world. And that's what God's done with you. At some point in your life, you had an encounter with the living Christ, whether it was here at this altar one morning, whether it was in your living room the way it happened to me or wherever it was, and somewhere along the line, someone shared with you the gospel. You may have read your Bible. You may have seen a television program. Whatever it was, but it touched you, and you responded to that. And the moment you responded to Him and you called upon the Lord, the Bible tells us that He birthed in you He birthed in you a son, a daughter of God, just as much as he did over 2,000 years ago in that day in Bethlehem when Jesus, that we celebrate today. And just as he birthed that son to Mary and Joseph, and just as he has birthed in you and in me a child of the living God, so as he entrusted to you and me, as he entrusted to Mary and Joseph, God's dreams, God's visions, God's heart, God's plans, God's compassion, God's caring for a lost and dying and hurting world. Just as he entrusted his plan of salvation to Mary and Joseph, so has he entrusted it to you and to me. And if they had failed to do what they were supposed to do, they didn't take care of that baby. If they left him and he died, where would we be 
today. In the same way, if we let die and we neglect what God's put in us and entrusted to us, there are others out there today crying, where would we be? Where will we be? What a joyous privilege. Mary's reaction to being told by that angel that she'd been chosen to be entrusted with this gift of God is that beautiful magnificat that she recited about how blessed she was that she would be entrusted with this wonderful gift. And that should be our reaction this morning. That should be our response. We've been entrusted by God. Who are we that you would entrust this to us? Who are we that you would birth in us your son? Who are we? But it tells you what God's like. And that really is the simplicity of the gospel. There's a verse, and I'll close with this. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Paul's writing to the church that's gotten so proud and so focused on the gifts that they had and how much knowledge they had and how God was using them with the gifts of the Spirit and how God was performing miracles through them. And Paul writes to them and says to them, I fear for you, lest just as the serpent deceived Eve, that he might also deceive you and distract you from the purity and simplicity of the gospel. You don't have to have a degree in theology to share the gospel. You don't have to know Greek or Hebrew. You don't have to know answers to questions. You don't even have to know a whole lot about your Bible. All you need to know to share Jesus is to tell someone else what he's done for you. And you're an expert on what he's done for you. The simplicity of the gospel is this. That God so loved us, so loved you, so loved me, that he gave his only begotten son, and that all we have to do is believe in him, that we would have his eternal life. That's why we celebrate Christmas. God's simple. So I challenge you today and I challenge you in this year that we're entering into to press in in your relationship with Him in the simplicity of it. I'm, I just talk to Him through the day now and feel His presence with me through the day. Not just when I pray in the morning. Expecting Him to be there as I grow pressing closer and closer to Him. So I challenge you that in this year that we're facing to draw closer to Him in just the simplicity. Talk to Him through your day about what you're going through, how you feel, what you're thinking. Ask Him for help with the little things of life. Because just as He was willing to be laid in a feeding trough, He's willing to be involved in the most menial, lowly aspects of your life. Because why would God do that? That's how much he loves you. And that's how much he loves me. And the second thing I want to challenge you and me for this coming year is to accept that responsibility that we've given them. That we are carriers, as Mary was, 
of the gospel, of the good news of God's plan for redeeming, saving, and rescuing all of the mankind that we come in contact with in the year that's to come.